Good afternoon, boxing fans around the world. Back again on Combat Talk Radio, found at combattalkradio.net with a our weekend of boxing updates here. Feel free to check us out. Once again, the site is combattalkradio.net. Leave us some comments, questions, suggestions, feedback on how we're doing, and we will get right into our weekend of boxing. All right, folks, we got a stacked weekend of boxing. I'm going to crash course through this real quick. There are good fights, big fights. I called this out last week, but crash course through it because most of these you probably already know about, at least the ones that I believe are worth watching, frankly. At the top, the biggest fight possibly in a long time, uh, the rematch. Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk. This is happening on DAZN. It's at the Jeddah Superdome out in Saudi Arabia. If you are interested in trying to be local and you're in Saudi Arabia, that's where it's going to be broadcast. And again, it's a rematch. This is for the all, all the belts except the WBC. The ring title is on the line now, and the ring title, of course, was vacated by Tyson Fury. I said, and I know people like NSB didn't listen, but the truth is he who holds the ring is widely regarded as the man, the lineal champion. Some people don't like that, but it's the truth. When you hold the ring, it's actually a very important thing. That rhymes. So now people believe that Usyk is going to just beat Joshua again. I think there's a strong probability of it. I just don't think that it's a guarantee. In my mind, I don't think it's a guarantee that Usyk's going to get this win. He should just based on skill. I think the skill gap is enough where he should be able to pull it out. And most of the bookies don't see that Joshua can win. I believe there's a chance Joshua can win, but it's going to depend on which Joshua comes in that ring. One of the flaws of Anthony Joshua in my mind is the fact that he doesn't use his size to his advantage. So when he fought Andy Ruiz, I'm talking the very first fight, one thing he was doing was he wasn't really bullying Ruiz. It seemed like he was fighting tentative. And it seemed to getting clipped way more than we would expect. In the rematch, he boxed and he moved and people criticized him rightfully so. This is not the same Joshua that we saw against like Gravomir Klinchko, where he was aggressive and he went after Klinchko. And that, for whatever reason, he's not been willing to do that. He didn't do it against Ruiz in the rematch. He didn't do it against Uzik the first time. And so I believe, I just think that at the end of the day, Joshua has to be the bully. He's got to be in there and he's got to not be afraid of taking punches. Go in there and do what you have to do to dominate. The switch up to Robert Garcia for the training threw some people for a loop because Robert Garcia does not have a track record of training heavyweights. This doesn't mean that he won't be able to pull it out or make it a good deal, but it just was a weird thing and it's something to really pay attention to. On the undercard of this event, uh, it's going to be the return of Callum Smith. He's going to be fighting a guy I've never heard of with a roughly equivalent record. Uh, again, I've never heard of this guy, Balderleek. Never heard of him. Uh, the name doesn't strike me. Uh, but everybody knows who Callum Smith is, obviously. And I, I like Callum Smith. I think he's actually a very good fighter. I think he's a very strong fighter. I don't think he's exciting, necessarily. He does not one that's going to draw big money, but he's a, I think he's a really good fighter. Just overall, he's kind of like that B plus tier level fighter. I don't expect that this is going to show me much from Callum at all. His opponent, his name is Matthew Baudrillic. Uh, his opponent, again, never heard of this guy, but he does have a roughly equivalent record. He doesn't have a lot of power. Callum Smith is the, certainly the power guy. Callum Smith is the younger guy. 
However, Bowder Leak is a southpaw. Now, of course, Bowder Leak is actually highly ranked in some of the orgs, which is kind of weird because, again, I've never heard of this guy. So he's highly ranked, so that's something. It's not like he's fighting an absolute bum. If nothing else, he's fighting a just relative unknown. So it might be very similar to what you saw with Pacquiao versus Jeff Horn. Jeff Horn was very highly ranked, even though nobody knew who the guy was. Might be a similar thing. I, my gut tells me <laughs> Callum Smith's going to take care of this guy, likely by a knockout late rounds is my guess. But again, don't go by what I say because I don't know about early. He could very well shock the world. Of course, the return of Philip Rovic. He's fighting Zhili Zhang. This, this is at uh, the same event, same zone, same everything on the undercard. Just be clear, it's the undercard for this fight. I don't, I'm aware of both guys. I've not followed both guys. This is in the heavyweight division. Uh, both guys have roughly, I wouldn't say like from a skill level, I think they're equivalent, but Zhili Zhang is very much older. Than Rovic. Rovic is kind of the guy that's going to be expected to completely de destroy Zhang. Zhang is a solid fighter. Zhang has more experience as a pro. So that may play into factor, but I think Zhang's just too old for this, in my opinion. I don't, I I know why the fight's happening, but I think it's just one of those where it's like a waste of time, in my opinion. It's like a showcase for Rovic. I'd rather see Rovic fight somebody that was roughly his age, roughly the same uh record and everything else. Zhang is undefeated, but again, Zhang's older. And so I, I, I just, it's not like a bad fight. I just, I think it's not good to do this kind of a match from an age perspective. Personal opinion, um, others might like the fight just because it's aerobic, but I, I think it's, I think it's beneath him. I'll be honest. Of course, the return now, Badu Jack. Badu Jack, he's Fighting again, same undercard at the cruiserweight division. He's fighting Richard Rivera. I've never heard of Richard Rivera myself. I have heard of Badu Jack. Badu Jack, the thing with Badu Jack, I feel bad for the guy because he actually is a very talented fighter. But every time he stepped up, he can't seem to get the W. And I remember the Adonis Stevenson fight where he went to a draw and he just couldn't get it done. Uh, he does have three losses. He's had three draws. He's had a lot of difficulty just getting it done but he's actually a solid fighter and it just seems like there's something where he's not able to fully pull the trigger and he's already 38 years old so he had this like push this hard push and then he stalled and then he's not been able to get over that threshold past the b level which is bad because again he is a he's one of those that will try and one of the biggest criticisms about him is he doesn't seem to be that much of a finisher he won't go out there and just pull the trigger and finish the guy. Rivera has less experience. Rivera has been a pro way less than Badu Jack. Badu Jack debuted close to 30 years ago. Close. Um, close to. I say close to. As he debuted, I'm talking as a fighter. Very close now because he, or excuse me, 20 years ago. Sorry, 20 years ago. Not 30. 20 years ago. Uh, so Badu Jack's been in the game a long time. Now, mind you, that 20 some odd years, 20 some odd plus years. And he only has, you know, just shy of 30 some odd fights, 33 or whatever. So he hasn't, he hasn't been active as much. He's been hurt a lot, like with the, the bad cut he had in the one fight. And then Adonis Stevenson going to war and not be able to get it done, not be able to get it done when stepping up. And just, he's been through wars and he's older. And Rivera, I don't know how old the guy is, but he debuted uh, five years ago, I believe it is. Has way less experience. 
Uh, Rivera is a strong fighter. He's actually a very powerful puncher. He's undefeated, never had a draw, but nobody knows who the guy is, frankly. So we'll have to watch that. I, I think this is a fight worth watching. I do think that what this is going to turn out being is it'll be a boxing clinic for the first few rounds. I think that either Jack will upset the guy as in he'll use his experience and get the win or Rivera will just shock the world and do something absolutely stunning. And then Jack is kind of said, you know, I'm still in the game. I'm going to keep doing, but we have to, we have to, we're not sure. <laughs> we're, we're frankly not sure. And it feels like even Mayweather might've abandoned the guy. Cause it used to be Mayweather was all over the place. And now he's not even, I don't even think he's involved in this. Uh, I don't know, like, because Jack is on zone, and of course, that's not with Showtime. So I don't know exactly what's going on with Badu Jack. Again, he's a nice guy and a really good fighter. He works hard. It just seems like he might be at the end of his rope based on what I see. Omar Figueroa Jr., there was supposed, this fight was supposed to be Omar Figueroa Jr. fighting Adrian Broner. Adrian Broner backed out allegedly for mental health reasons that he wasn't he felt like he was not ready and he was not his 100% and he decided to back out of the fight so he's going to be fighting Sergey Lipinets now Sergey Lipinets I'll quote Keith once upon a time Thurman when I say I don't really rate Sergey Lipinets at all unfortunately Lipinets is a name so it is what it is uh this this fight doesn't really excite me that much um personally it, it doesn't it just I don't know um, I would have liked to have seen him fight Broner. I thought that the Broner, Broner would have been a good matchup for Figueroa. Figueroa has more activity that would have forced Broner to do something. Uh, and Figueroa's coming off losses, Lipinets coming off losses, so I guess they just figured, you know, they're both coming off losses, and let's just do this, a super lightweight, so 140 pounds, and just kind of see what it is. But again, I felt like this was going to be a good fight for Broner, a good test to see where he is, and if, if he really is suffering mental illness, wishing well, but I'm disappointed that that happened. If you're out in uh, Hollywood, California, this is happening at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino being broadcast on Showtime. If you want to check the fight out, my gut tells me that Lipinets is going to give Figueroa a little trouble and then Figueroa eventually is going to find him and get him out of there is my gut speaking. I can't say because I haven't really followed Lipinets other than the losses, <laughs> Um, but I do think that Figueroa is just good enough to get Lipinets out of there eventually after struggling. Because it seems like everybody struggles with Lipinets at first. Then we've got Emmanuel Navarrete. He's making his return. Emmanuel Navarrete's going to be fighting Eduardo Baez. This is happening in the Pachanga Arena out in California. It's a, a tribe. And on ESPN Plus. So that's ESPN Plus, not ESPN TV. For the featherweight championship, WBO featherweight, uh, Navarrete, of course, is the star here, big star. I don't know much about Baez. I've heard of him. I have not seen many of his fights. I do know Navarrete very, very well. I think the world of Navarrete is a fighter. He's been in the game not that long, and yet he's got a lot of fights under his belt for how short he's been in the game. From an experience perspective, it's roughly about equivalent, but Navarrete is just dis destructive, dangerous, absolutely dangerous. I don't expect to see anything other than an annihilation of Baez. However, <laughs> and I say that not to disrespect the guy, but it's just truth. Navarrete is something dangerous. I, I really like the guy. I really, really do. Um, I think that I think that Navarrete just 
for whatever reason, he gets matched really weird. Like I, it feels like he doesn't get the right fights that he should to really showcase him. Um, that's sad because he's just a really, really good guy. He's a really good fighter, really good fight. I like him. I think Navarrete's going to just destroy this guy, it's my opinion. Uh, and then that's about it that I can see right now. So the big one's going to be Usyk versus Joshua too. Definitely. Um, 100%. That's, that's worth watching. Rovic Zhang, probably if you're a Rovic fan, um, maybe. But I personally don't. I don't know. So on the undercard now, let me talk about a couple undercard. I'm not going to go deep into these, but just so you know, for Uzik Joshua, there are a couple of names coming back on the undercard that might be worth watching. So again, this is on DAZN, so you should be able to catch it if you have DAZN. Andrew Tabidi is making his return. He's fighting the James Wilson. It's a heavyweight. Andrew Tabidi has been in the game a little bit of a time. He kind of he kind of went off the radar. He was there, and then he wasn't, and I don't know what happened there, but if you are interested in Andrew Tabidi, he is there. Now, the thing is, he doesn't fight a lot, so I don't know if it's going to... I think this fight's going to be boring, <laughs> in my opinion, uh, personal opinion, and then most people think that his opponent's going to take him out. I don't think it's guaranteed, in my opinion. Uh, his opponent barely has very many fights. Tabidi has way more experience. I think Tabidi will have too much, but... They may be just hyping this guy as an eye test, this uh, James Wilson. That might be what it is. I'm not sure. But if you want to watch that one, that's there. Uh, ben Whitaker. Ben Whitaker is going to be fighting Peter Nozick at the Jetta Superdome. I've I've heard of Ben Whitaker. I've not watched him. He's only had the one fight. Nozick's got six. Um, usually when a guy just debuts, like Whitaker's done, they get matched with like some bum or something. And so there's a expected knockout. <laughs> One way or the other. So he's probably being presented as an eye test. I wouldn't dismiss him. But if you're one of those that just likes to see destruction, you're probably going to want to watch that one on the undercard. So for me, the one to really watch is going to be Uzik Joshua, the two, the headline. See where we go with the heavyweight division, especially because now we have Deontay Wilder back in the mix. He's going to be returning uh, later in the year. I believe that's in Q4 fighting Hellenius. So the world, the heavyweight division is starting to warm back up ever slightly now that Tyson Fury looks like he's on his way out. Unfortunately, we got some boring people like Frank Sanchez in the way and terrible fights like Andy Ruiz versus Luis Ortiz. Other than that, though, we'll finally hopefully get closer to a unified heavyweight champion, which we've always wanted. And hopefully we're hearing that Spence and Crawford, Crawford has dropped his unreasonable demands and are getting close to Signing a deal, he's hopefully accepted his B-side so we can make this happen so we can get a full champion at welterweight. Because remember, we have a full champion at 154. We have a full champion at 135. We had a full champion at 140 before Taylor got stripped. So we were getting close, right, to getting true unified champions. And then, unfortunately, Tyson Fury screwed the pooch with everything at heavyweight, so that didn't happen. Joshua took L's, so that broke things. And then, of course, Crawford was not accepting his B-side, so that delayed stuff there. And he still got Keith, once upon a time, Thurman in the mix, trying to get his name in. So I'm saying that unification of these belts is a big priority. Certainly for me, it should be for you to finally get one man in each division. And then that person should defend at least once or twice so that we can truly know, no, I'm the best here, and then that person can move up, vacate the titles, and start over again. 
Last point I'll call out, some of these orgs are actually consolidating belts. They know that there's too many belts. Largely spurred on by Floyd Mayweather, his interview where he said, there's too many belts. we got to fix all this, including Tank. And so they've been on a mission to try to unify belts and get rid of some of these interim belts and gold belts and silver belts and all this stuff and get down to singular belts that's less sanctioning fees. But I think it helps the division. It helps boxing that you don't have three champions running around in a given division. So hopefully we'll get to that point. We certainly did on the women's side. The women seem to have had more consolidation because none of them, the vast majority of them simply aren't good enough to be a champion, <laughs> frankly. And so at the male side, it's just you got too many skilled people and they wanted to collect the fees. We got it, but time to clean it up. So we're looking to Usyk and Joshua to clean all this business up, get us back to some common sense sanity. That's going to be our weekend of boxing. I'll check in once we figure out what's going to happen if Anthony Joshua can get back on the throne. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Combat Talk Radio, Masterpiece Boxing, found at combattalkradio.net. I want to thank you for listening today, whether you are a subscriber or not. I know you have choices, and I appreciate you for being here. Just to remind those that are new to the show, Combat Talk Radio records every Friday, so once a week in the Pacific time zone. And then Lifeblood of Boxing series, which is our coverage of the boxers I think are worth your time and give to the sport. That's once per month. It does not have a fixed schedule, but once a month I'll have a release until I run out of ones that I think are worth covering for Lifeblood of Boxing. So those are our two programs. It is podcast only at this point. We want to hear from you. So combattalkradio.net at the bottom. Hit comments, feedback. Let us know how we're doing. If there's anything that you'd like to see us adjust or improve, we want to hear from you, and we are open to that feedback. We also are open to starting up the YouTube again, but it seemed like that died off when Lomachenko took a loss, and we don't know why. So if somebody knows why or they'd like to hear the YouTube coverage, let us know that as well in the comments, and we are open to doing it. We just need to make sure the fans are there. Right now they're on the podcast, not on the YouTube for whatever reason specific. We're open either way. Anyhow, that'll do it, and I will see you guys next week.